Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Cole Wissinger. Happy, happy homecoming, everybody, to BYU football and to all of the fans. Good morning. Cougars will be playing in primetime tonight, but we're starting the action right now. It's the Cougar Tailgate, where every week we learn a little more about the opponent BYU is playing. And with the Cougars at home, celebrating tradition with homecoming today, we're going to focus a little more about this team from Provo that we all so love. But before we get into all of that, we, uh, you know, we have to. It's, it's in the script. We need to look back at what happened last week. Play fake. Short drop for Jaron. Goes for the end zone, looking for Milne. Dax Milne, did he haunt him with one arm? He did for touchdown! Dax Milne with a great grab! A one-handed snag, and the Cougars score to make it 9-0. Despite a strong performance from Jaron Hall in his first collegiate start, the Cougs couldn't get the monkey off their back and win their first football game in the state of Florida. Talked about that a lot last week, falling to South Florida. BYU was moving on their opening drive, but a sack on third down led to a long field goal try. But we got Jake Oldroyd, and he split the uprights from 51 yards out. I've said it before. I will keep saying it. I love the kickers. Receiver Dax Milne got the second quarter started off right with a beautiful one-handed grab that we heard a little bit ago, bringing the score to 10 to nothing. On their next drive, BYU marched down the field again but stalled on the five-yard line and settled for another Oldroyd three. But this was South Florida's homecoming last week, and they weren't going away. McLeod connected with Wilcox for a 39-yard touchdown to cut the Cougar lead to six. Jaron Hall and company would go on another long and time-consuming drive all the way down to the 11-yard line before Oldroyd was sent in to get another chip-shot field goal. Score at the half, 16-7. to Cougars. The Bulls opened up the second half with a long drive of their own, but this one ending in a touchdown with Jordan Cronkite bulldozing his way into the end zone. Cronkite led the rushing attack that tallied 243 yards on the ground, and the Cougars' rushing defense continues to struggle. BYU proved that they can run too, though, especially with that young quarterback. Their next drive featured five running plays, zero passes. 61 yards scrambled by Jaron Hall alone, a touchdown and a partridge in a pear tree. Keeper for Hall following his blockers. Nicely done. 25-20, 15-10, makes a sidestep, makes a man miss, gets into the end zone, touchdown run, Jaron Hall! And the momentum was only building after Chaz Ayu picked up his first career interception, gave BYU the ball back and a chance to extend the lead. But BYU fumbled it right back over to USF, leading to a McLeod touchdown scamper. Scoreboard still favored the Cougs 23-21. And BYU was putting together another good drive early in the fourth when the injury woes struck again. Jaron Hall took a big hit on third down and left the game not to return. His stats when he left, 83 rushing yards to go with 148 yards in the air and a pair of touchdowns. USF drove for another touchdown, taking the lead for the first time all game halfway through the fourth quarter at 27-23. to Now down to their third option at quarterback, Baylor Romney got the Cougar offense inside the 15-yard line, Two more times, but they came up empty-handed on both. Final score, South Florida 27, Brigham Young 23. This marks BYU's third consecutive loss and their fourth game this season to be decided by only seven points or less. Yeah, I just told them that this is going to be a real gut check for us, you know, and, and for us to focus on all the details and of everything that we do, you know, um, from classroom and you know in the classroom to off the field to on on the field you know this is a a huge opportunity for us to when we're facing uh, some adversity to to respond the right way and um, the fighters will respond and I have a lot of great fighters in that room so we'll be able to respond from this the Broncos of Boise State will roll into Provo this week, hoping to spoil the Cougars' homecoming and remain one of 12 unbeaten teams in the country. We'll see if that number goes down any more as the afternoon goes on. 
The number 14-ranked Broncos are coming off a big victory against Hawaii that saw Boise State using not one, not two, but three different quarterbacks during the course of the game. They, they got some injury woes of their own. The Broncos came out firing against the Warriors, shooting to a 17-7 lead early. But in the second quarter, true freshman quarterback Hank Bachmeyer took a big hit that caused him to head to the locker room and not return to action. The Broncos' backup quarterbacks, though, just didn't miss a beat, and they took a 31-17 lead into halftime. The Broncos would outscore the Rainbow Warriors of Hawaii 21-7 in the third quarter to all but seal a victory en route to a 59-27 win. They got 59 points last week, Cougar fans. We gotta watch out. Star wide receiver John Hightower had seven snags for 141 yards and two touchdowns on the day to lead all receivers. Boise State's backup quarterbacks, redshirt sophomore Chase Cord and senior Jalen Henderson, would combine for 257 yards through the air and four more touchdowns. Not too shabby. The Broncos' six-game road winning streak, second longest in the nation, will be put on the line tonight as BYU looks to protect their home turf on homecoming. Later on in the program, we're going to learn a little bit about BYU's homecoming festivities this week. But first, the focus is on the Boise State Broncos and learning a little more about the team with the funky turf. We will be right back here on the Cougar Tailgate. Did you know Boise State got their sixth win of the season last week over Hawaii? This is now their 22nd straight season of bowl eligibility. the Boise State fight song we're listening to, Orange and Blue, and it means it's time to take a look at the history and traditions of our opponent this week. It's the Boise State Broncos, and we're going to do it by bringing back a segment from the very first episode of Cougar Tailgate. You know, no tailgate out there in real life would be complete without the old six-pack of root beer sitting by your side, so we have a six-pack of questions about the opponent, where you pick either or or sometimes a third option. Producer Terry's got the questions. Thank you. Let's get this going. The first either-or question is WAC or Mountain West? Relevant because both Boise State and BYU have been in these conferences. Yes. So the question is is not so much what's better now, because the WAC isn't playing a lot of football nowadays. No. But in its heyday. Oh, yeah. I think I take the WAC. It was the video game conference. Yes. It was you sit up late at night and watch them score 40, 50 points apiece, and it comes down to the end, and there's no defense, but that's fine. You're just watching two teams just air it out, which was kind of fun to watch. The shame of it all is that Boise State and BYU never really shared any of these conferences. No. So BYU started off in the WAC. They were one of the founding members, and they were there until 1998. And then Boise State shows up a couple years later. Yes. Um, BYU in 2011, leaves the Mountain West the same year that Boise State comes into the Mountain West. Right. So these are the two conferences that these two teams have been associated with the most, and yet they've never actually been conference rivals in their history. They have not. But since then, they've signed their multi-year deals, and they're playing a lot now. But um, the Mountain West was, they took the best of the whack and left. Oh, yeah. Right? So that's kind of where... Boise State got their shot at the whack is because all these teams left. But I think if you're looking at which one was probably the best entertaining, entertainment-wise, mm-hmm. it had to be the whack. Do you know who has more whack conference titles, BYU or Boise? Wow. Boise? Do it they? BYU. BYU. Do you know who has more Mountain West conference titles, BYU or Boise? Would that be Boise? BYU. So, really? Because <laughs> I, how many? Do you know? Yeah, so... BYU, I mean, to be fair, BYU was in the WAC a lot right. more years than Boise. But BYU's got 19 WAC titles. For football? For football. Wow. And then Boise had eight. BYU, four Mountain West titles. Boise had three. So the second either or question is Boise State or Michigan? Okay, let's give this one a little context. These are the two teams right now 
that are numbers one and two in winning percentage. Like Boise overall State, for the history of their programs? Overall for the history okay. of their respective programs. Mm-hmm. Boise is a little shorter than Michigan's. But right. if Boise beats BYU today, which we're not rooting for, right. and if Penn State beats Michigan today, which I personally am rooting for right. from Pennsylvania, <laughs> then Boise will flip-flop and become the most winning program in college football history percentage-wise. Wow. What does that mean? Uh, it means that for as long as Boise's been around, they've won a lot of games. Okay. Against? Whack opponents. Whack opponents. <laughs> lesser lesser uh, opponents than Michigan's had to face so would, over there. So would you say Michigan? In Probably either Michigan. Either or question? Yeah, yeah. I th- I'm going to play the, the little devil's advocate. I'm going to just pick the other one. I'll pick right. Boise because I think it's really cool. I, I like the underdog, and Boise has been the underdog for so much of their history. Mm-hmm. And coming from just a small conference and being consistent for the whole time. You right. know, Michigan's got a lot of years. they got a lot of good years. A lot of really crummy years in there, whereas because Boise's only been around for a smaller portion, to be up there in winning percentage, they have to have been good every single year. They are consistent. Right. And, and Michigan has more going for them, more benefits because of the history and their yeah. location and all that. And Boise yeah. still gets recruits in. They still get great coaches, and they end up playing winning football. They do. I, I love them. I think it's a great rivalry for BYU. Uh, the next either or Kellen Moore – or Demarcus Lawrence, or Leighton Vanderesh. These are who would you go with? These are three boys. I know State those grads. are their, some of their really good players. Leighton Vanderesh is the youngest, but he looks the best. So these are also three guys with Cowboys professional ties right now. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence and Leighton Vanderesh both playing on the Cowboys mm. defense, and Kellen Moore after a short stint as their backups backup quarterback at the end of his career retired and is now the offensive coordinator a young fella for that position also on the dallas cowboys but i'm going young i'm going upside i want leighton vanderesh anchoring a defense would have been the defensive rookie of the year i think last year if it hadn't been for darius leonard's just video game style numbers Vanderesh was just immediately impactful, and unfortunately, Kellen Moore's got kind of a thankless job. Uh, he was doing some exciting things with the offense early. Then, who knows if Jason Garrett is kind of meddling in his side. So I don't really know what the offensive coordinator is doing. I can see the impact Vanderesh has on the field. I know that Sean Lee is getting a little old, and so they need him. To of those be the next three, guy. who's probably the the best player, just college career wise? College career-wise, it's got to be Kellen Moore. Right. He, he was the man, if we're talking their Boise careers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the bowl games alone, just watching, just going back and thinking about what they've done as a school and the number of players that have gone through there, whereas, um, you know, you go back and look at their opponents, and they, their opponents always have two or three guys that are going to are getting like NFL draft buzz and all kind of you know hype for going on to the next level. And Boise State never really had; they maybe had one or two, mm-hmm. but it was much more of a team that made the the win happen instead of maybe one the or two players. players. Yeah. yeah. The next either or question is blue or green. I like the color blue, but what's this have to do with football? There's the blue turf. Uh-huh. As opposed to green grass. Or do they green? Normally. What about the, the red turf of eastern Washington? Do you or like the that? gray turf of eastern Michigan. Did you see there was someone made up a mock-up of what Cincinnati make their whole turf black? That would, the, I their school lost. colors are what, black and red, red I think. Yeah. And so they're, they're trying to make – someone wanted to make like a push, a Cincinnati fan, to make the entire field black. Woof. With the white – lettering and hash marks and everything. See, but. I just think of driving at night when it's raining on the highway and the whole thing just blacks out in front of you and you can't see anything, and I'm picturing that just as a football field. And it reminds me of a fact that I found this week as I was doing my Boise State research that the stories about birds flying into the turf thinking that it's water, totally made up. It's never happened. Uh, Chris Peterson once found a duck on the field, um, but we don't know how it got there, and it wasn't dead. It didn't nosedive into the turf thinking that it's water. Birds are smarter than that. They see that there's orange at either side and a bunch of hash marks. Do you like the blue turf? Yes. I liked it when it was the only one. I like the gimmick. I like the fact that Smurf rhymes with turf. Yeah, I think it was interesting. I know it... 
back when I when they first did it, it would mess with your TV. Right, the oh, TVs yeah. weren't the resolution wasn't so great on the TVs, and it would kind of mess with it because you wouldn't the TV wasn't sure what was going on. There was just too much blue on the screen at the same time. But um, I've heard that some like BYU has talked about how they've had occasionally there's been some issue where like your uniforms are close to that color. So and so people tend to disappear in the, the sea of Mountain blue. The Mountain West Conference has mandated oh. that when Boise State is playing conference games. They are not allowed to wear their all blue okay. uniforms. Yeah, because they have the blue the on blue, blue, don't turf. they? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it happens to be the exact same color because that's their same shade of blue. That's it's the interesting. Color. So they have to wear white or orange or, or whatever. Gray, okay, or they're Just one of the different Nike color. schools. Gotcha. They've got, they've got some options. That's interesting. Uh, one of the cool highlights, not having to do with Boise particularly, but TCU has a highlight where. They were wearing all purple, hmm. and they have purple end zones. There's this, oh, okay. There was the kickoff. And the guy was laying down the guy in the was, end like, zone? was laying yeah. down trying to camouflage himself. Yeah. I don't know why Boise never tried that whenever they were wearing their all blues. <laughs> That's Did funny. run the trick play where no one noticed that he was back there. Next question. Fresno State or Idaho or Nevada? These are probably Boise State's three biggest rivals through their conferences. I think Fresno State has the best argument historically as a strongest rival, but it's worth noting that even when you throw BYU into that rivalry conversation, Boise State's got a winning record against all of their rivals, just like they have a winning record overall and just like they're about to be possibly the most winning program ever. But, you know, you talk about BYU versus Utah, it's very, very close. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about the rivalries between all of our opponents here on the program uh, over the course of this year. Boise State's closest rivals, it's still blown. They're still blowing them out of the water every week. Wow! So there really isn't a rival. It's just kind of meaning record-wise. Yeah. I mean, you could have your in-state rival, I guess, but Idaho, really? That's your rival. The Vandals. Yeah. Or is that Idaho State? Or is that which one's the Bengals? Oh yeah, I think. Some which one? I, that might be Idaho. I drove State. by one of those universities. I'm not sure which one. I was There's going a, to Yellowstone. Is there it's a along the way. University of Idaho potatoes? No. Okay. But you think at some level someone would have something potato? Probably a high school adjacent. Yeah. You'd hope so. Uh, next question: Statue of Liberty or Miracle Bowl? Terry, it is the 150th anniversary of college football. All year long. No way, really. All year long. I haven't heard that we've at all. Mentioned maybe once or twice. Yeah. In this 150th year, there have been a lot of lists being made about yes. the, the best finishes in college football, the best players, the best coaches, the blah. But in those best finishes, especially best bowl finishes, these are two bowls that creep up in there. Mm-hmm. One featuring Boise State, one featuring BYU. The Statue of Liberty play, the 2007 Fiesta Bowl where Boise beat Oklahoma in mm-hmm. overtime. And then the Miracle Bowl when BYU beat SMU in miraculous fashion. Which one you take? I like the Miracle Bowl. Weird. Because it caused because you're a BYU fan? No. It caused the uh, the chaos that we have now of trying to decide what a champion is in college football. Right? Uh, Boise State benefited from that because they ended up going to the BCS, the first small smaller school, I guess, non-BCS school, to end up in the BCS and actually win mm-hmm. a BCS game. But that was started way back in 1980. But when... You have the Miracle Bowl that got BYU rolling, and that led to '84, where they win the, the they win the the title mm-hmm. by beating uh, Michigan. By the way, right? And if, if BYU had lost to that, Boise State'd be a couple more games back. And everyone's Michigan. mad because <laughs> who's this? What they call him, Bo, Bo, Bo Diddley Tech or something? One of the uh, I think the, the Today Show called him that. And it's like, who's BYU? Why did they win? And all these other schools, you know, because we were undefeated. Well, it was like two years in a row, uh-huh. right? Almost. And so you you have the situation where they win, the big guys are mad because BYU shouldn't have been there in their minds. And uh, it took several years, but, you know, eventually they come up with a plan to try to figure out a way to kind of box everyone that they don't feel is worthy to be in a title game or a, or a big-time bowl game Until out. Boise comes up and, and breaks they, through again. they break through again, and they win with the Statue of Liberty play. Against an Oklahoma team that people thought should have been in that national championship conversation. Right. And so I, I, I think if you put both of those together, I think the Miracle Bowl led to BYU 
causing more problems initially. I mean, national title, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas the Statue of Liberty play was uh, just kind of the icing on the top of the cake at the moment because and it was a really cool icing I mean, it that was cool play, yeah sure the hail mary was cool against mm-hmm. smu but you beat oklahoma on just a goofy thing you haven't done since you were in fifth grade out in the the blacktop playing football right. with your buddies a statue of liberty to win the fiesta bowl yeah that's that just great. a cool play i remember the next day uh, i was working at a sports radio station and we had, I think we had five different play-by-play calls from that game. We had it in Spanish. We had it the Boise State call. We had Oklahoma's call. And we're just playing them over and over because you had the, the the Broncos going nuts, right? You had the Oklahoma Sooners depressed out of their Ugh. minds. Like, what just happened? And, like, the Spanish guys are just, you know, it was just, it was great. <laughs> yeah, they're playing it like it's a soccer goal, right? And so it was just such a huge moment when they won. Because it was – they shouldn't be here and now they just did something they shouldn't do. And everyone ex- outside of the state of Oklahoma loved it. Right. The Bringing it kind of full circle, we started talking about the WAC and the, and the Mountain West. It is the WAC's fault that BYU did not really get the, the credit that they deserve for yes. that national championship in 84 because – the WAC was tied to the Holiday Bowl. BYU, by being the WAC champion, and they were the WAC champion for the first one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Holiday Bowls. Like, the Holiday Bowl was invented so that the WAC could have an automatic bowl berth. That bowl berth was BYU's to have mm-hmm. for those first seven years. They lose their first couple Holiday Bowls. Then they get that Miracle Bowl for BYU's first ever bowl win as a football team. In that dramatic fashion, and then a couple years later, all of a sudden, they go from noble victories as a program to national champions. It's, it's a little bit of BYU history every BYU fan should be a little aware of. Right. And I think both of those games come to a, a kind of a real uh, moment when in college football because of you have such – you have teams that aren't expected to do that kind of a thing able to achieve and able to go win that way. So that's why they're on those lists you were talking about. Happy 150th birthday, college football. All right, Terry, hold on with me here, because when we come back, we're going to talk to The Rock on this homecoming and talk about BYU traditions. The Cougar Tailgate, we'll be right back. Did you know Chris Peterson was the first ever two-time winner of the Paul Bear Bryant Coach of the Year Award? when he coached the Broncos in 2006 and 2009. Welcome back into the Cougar Tailgate. Every week we try to learn a little more about the history and traditions of BYU's opponents. Producer Terry and I just talked a little Boise State Broncos with a six-pack of questions about their football program. But on this homecoming Saturday... We thought we'd listen to some of our BYU fans about their favorite traditions here in Provo. This is Rock Talk on Cougar Tailgate. So one of my favorite BYU traditions definitely has to be hiking the Y. Uh, as I was hiking up, I was just sweating for my school, and I looked back, and it was, it was game day, and I looked at the field, and I could just hear the music playing. And um, for homecoming week especially, because they light the Y, and it's just a special feeling. It makes me proud to be a BYU Cougar. And he wasn't the only student who thought of Y Mountain first when thinking of BYU traditions. One of my favorite BYU traditions is lighting the Y. Um, it's a great experience kind of to climb up the historic Y Mountain and just kind of be part of that whole ceremony because President Worthen's really emphasized that we are the Y, and that's just a great thing to be part of. Yeah, so I'd have to say, like, my favorite like tradition here for homecoming week is hiking the Y with my siblings since they all went here um it's pretty fun we just get together strap on our little hiking boots and go up there but um in addition um being a volunteer is actually really fun because this year I actually got to participate and help people like you know transport them up to the Y I, I was driving a shuttle bus for um the activities committee at school um but it's really cool just to get involved because you get to see all those reflections of the times that you had, like when you were a freshman, get exemplified in the new kids at school. So those were students. Yes, part of the Roar of Cougars student section, The Rock. The first cut 
the guy said, I'm hiking for my – I'm sweating for my school. Yeah. How? Doesn't that sound great? No, it doesn't. <laughs> how is how is he sweating for his school? I mean, because it's a long hike. Have you hiked the Y? I have. You didn't but sweat like, on your way up I, there? Yeah, but I hiked it. I wasn't like sweating for a purpose or a reason. There's reason behind everything here at BYU. I guess. It's a cool trip to come on. I know. It, it's fine. Looking it's just, out there, it's nice. I understand hiking up there. It's an activity on homecoming week, lighting the Y. You're up there for a, you know, I get that. But he's like, I'm sweating for my school. Like, your school doesn't benefit from your sweat, hiking up a mountain, right? <laughs> so how many- It just went too far, I think. Is what how I'm many times have you hiked the Y? Just once. That's just all one, you need. That's one more than I have under my belt. Actually. Yeah, I did it uh, in August. This This year? Yeah. It was the first time. But yeah, I hiked up there uh, just in August with a group of kids. It was fun to. They complained all the way up. See, that sounds more like. A and hike. then they then they got up there and they're like, "Yeah, this is great. Look at the view." And then we just came back down. So, I think that Cosmo is probably the best BYU tradition. He, I think he dances every every game now, and he went viral, which is pretty cool. And I think lots of people like when they think about BYU, they think about Cosmo and the things that he does. And he's a pretty good dancer too, which is awesome. Folks here in Provo know that hiking the Y is a thing, but folks everywhere else in the college football world know about Cosmo the Cougar. They do. He's on TV whenever there's a game. They know that he's the, the mascot, all that. So Dancing no, with the Cougarettes. There you go. That's what, I think that's probably right now the biggest thing he's known for is that video of him and the Cougarettes. Yes. He's a good dancer. He's a good dancer. A lot better than me. And he's in that big talk about sweating for your school. Oh, yeah. Guy See, yeah, he's actually doing something for the school. That other guy is just walking up a mountain. Come on. A well-worn path. One of the best BYU traditions is cougar tails. I love eating cougar tails at sporting events. And they're worth, they're worth it, the calories-wise. <laughs> so after you work up a sweat, you got to reward yourself. What is a cougar tail? I've never had it's, one. I've never even seen one. It is a donut maple log thing. Okay. In the shape of a tail. Okay. Kind What's of? the shape of a I tail? I mean, it, so it's just longer than a... Yeah. It's not a donut. Donuts are round. Right. This is a long maple Or like log a maple looking. bar is kind of... Yeah. Maybe like it's what? it's a donut. It's tasty. Four inches. So how, how long is it? Like six inches? Eight? I think they have different Are they foot sizes? long? Are they no, foot long donuts? I don't think so. Okay. I wouldn't mind one. They don't bring them here to broad, the broadcast building, so I don't really see much. That's the real shame. Yeah. We miss out on the cougar tails working here. <laughs> My favorite tradition is BYU cookies and cream milk. It's so good for some reason. I've never had it anywhere else before. Um, and, yeah. <laughs> this gal giving us two BYU traditions in one because the, the clock was chiming. Yes. While she was talking. We go all over campus for these Co- little Cookies and bites. cream milk? Yeah, the creamery on ninth, okay. another BYU staple of folks that have been here. It's mm. it's special milk. Right, it tastes really, their chocolate milk honestly is better chocolate milk than I've had almost anywhere else too. But the the weird flavors of milk or ice. Have you been to the Have you been to the creamery? Terry? Yeah, yeah. This, we so have the, an outlet store here close to the building. The I've been weird there a couple ice times. cream, the Graham Canyon, right? The, yeah. the Lavelle Edwards vanilla. <laughs> He could have picked. He could have picked any ice cream. Vanilla. He got a stadium named after him. Well, I know, but and still, vanilla ice cream. They give you vanilla ice cream. Are there other traditions beyond food on campus? Maybe. Do you know of any? No. Not offhand. <laughs> I mean, there's that bell. That bell's pretty cool. It is. <laughs> it threw me off the first time I was on campus, and they they played a it was a church hymn, obviously, and you're like, what is going on? But then I realized. It's BYU. So, of course, their bell plays church hymns. Big old bell tower. Why wouldn't it? There used to be, I mean, the Victory Bell yeah. is actually a tra- a sort of tradition. It's mm-hmm. hanging out in, outside the Marriott Center right now, but it used to be that we'd ring that after every home right. victory until people too enthusiastically uh, rung it. People get too rowdy. Broke it several times, so <laughs> they put it up high enough that not anyone can just ring it. Oh, uh, more of a Sean Bradley reach. But now it's a it's a symbol. Okay. Standing outside the Marriott Center right. of a tradition that used to happen. There you go. Got one more tradition for you. Went to the BYU-Utah game at the beginning of the year um, and, and went for Rock Canyon when the team came through. And it was crazy because all you know they were letting Rock students come in from all the different... Uh, all different uh, places in the stadium this time. So there was just this huge pack of people at, at, at the 
the southwest corner of the stadium just pressed up for when the team was coming by and I couldn't even see the team members because there were so many people mobbing around but then uh, you know hearing when when coach Sataki came up and just you know everyone just cheering him on like crazy and he was loving it you know pumping everyone up like he usually does so it's you know it's just experiences like that that make me love being a BYU fan you know even though he didn't win that day like it everyone just loves it. The newest tradition to BYU is the Cougar Canyon, part of our pregame experience. Our colleague Jason Shepard goes and does pregame from the Cougar Canyon. They've combined it with the Cougar Walk that was a tradition for quite some time as well. A few years. For a little yeah. bit. It's, a new, it's one of the newer traditions, the Cougar Walk. One of my favorite things about this show so far in its first season of existing, right. when we interviewed Matt and Spencer Hadley, they revealed that... They were the guys that did the first cougar walk. Like hmm. they helped create that as a tradition, right. and it started just by them walking from yeah. the field house. Well, up to I the mean, stadium. if you want the fans to get excited, you go out to the fans, right? Exactly. You take the show to them, and they react, and they'll show up every week if you're going to do that. And Cougar Canyon is actually a great idea because it gives fans a reason to come to the stadium a little bit early. And you're not just showing up for the game. There's other things going on that can be. You, know, you don't even have to have a ticket. You can just come to Cougar Canyon. You know, and other schools have like. Uh, they sell wh- tailgate tickets most of was the time. Was it Old Miss? BYU played at either Old Miss or Mississippi State, and there was like their huge pregame thing. And you, it was on, uh, I think ESPN had it, and they were running around inside showing you. A place called the Grove or something, and there's barbecues everywhere, and people make a huge day of it. Right? They drive their RVs, they do all this stuff, and that that happens at schools all over the South. And then you come to BYU, and there was just nothing there. There was a couple, like maybe some radio stations or something, and some company in town had some giveaway, and here's a frisbee or something, and that was basically everything that was out there. Now they're trying to turn it in to something bigger, have some atmosphere, have it kind of fun. You can show up and have a little fun and then go into the game, and it makes it more of a day rather than just a game. And you know what else is there, Terry? There's food. They bring food to the Cougar Food game. is something, apparently, is all the traditions at BYU. It all involves food. It's all you really need. <laughs> Well, traditions old and new, we love them all here at BYU. When we come back, when we come back, we're going to talk to a member of the BYU alumni office about what makes homecoming special today. You're listening to Cougar Tailgate. Did you know on New Year's Eve, the city of Boise, Idaho, counts down the drop of a big potato similar to the ball in New York City? If you haven't heard, it's the annual homecoming game. Welcome home, Cougs. The festivities culminate with the football game tonight, but homecoming is really a week-long event. We want to make BYU fans far and near feel right at home today, so let's chat with Robert Sullivan, Director of Relations and Communications at the BYU Alumni Office. Happy Saturday, Robert. Your week is just about over. You made it. We want to get all the excitement that went around campus this week. But to start off, what was your favorite part about homecoming? My favorite part of this homecoming week is probably the same that it is every year. And that is just welcoming our alumni, our friends from the community, current students, future students, all the campus to really feel the spirit of the why, to um, remember and understand greater really the great influence BYU has had on them and uh, and then and hopefully leave re-energized to do good and, and fulfill the mission of, of BYU uh, wherever they end up next, this next week. That was beautiful. That's the perfect way to start here. So activity-wise, you have been a busy, busy man, uh, especially if I understand right, your area of expertise is the BYU Spectacular. Uh, let's start there. For anyone that's not familiar with what that is, what is that for part of homecoming? Yeah, you bet. So one of the fun things I get to do in my job is be the executive producer of BYU Spectacular. And uh, it's self-explanatory because it is spectacular, but it's not self-explanatory because you don't know how great it really is. <laughs> so we take all of these pieces that honestly have no business sharing the stage together. When you think of 
Dunk Team and Cosmo, yeah. Ballroom Dance Company, uh, sure. and recorder, uh, songwriter Ben Rector, and put them all on the same <laughs> stage. Most people would say, why would you do that show? But we get to highlight our students, the very best of BYU, and the great talent they have, whether it be behind the scenes in the staging, production, lighting, you know, some of the things a lot of people don't think about, or those actual performers coming out, giving their very best um, with paid professionals that also do this, like uh, the the administrators here and, and the other professionals we have, and then someone like Ben Rector or Hillary Weeks that do it for a living. To pair all that together and then to see it in one show is spectacular and that's what uh, that's what everyone got treated to these last couple nights you picked a good name for it apparently <laughs> well they picked that a long time ago <laughs> it's better than its predecessor which was called the feline frolic uh many uh, many years ago yeah. so spectacular more properly named i think i love it hey so how long have you been doing that what what are some of your favorite acts that have rolled through provo over the years you know, I'm I'm a rookie here. This is year number five for me. That's all right. Um, and uh, but uh, looking back, you know, we did bring Nathan Pacheco to campus, Brian Stokes Mitchell from Broadway, uh, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. That's what they were called when they came. So I'm allowed okay. to call yep. them that. Yep. Uh, and uh, but uh, since I've been here, we have had uh, David Archuleta was our first year here. Oh, and, that's a uh, way to cut your teeth there. Holy <laughs> mackerel. It was it was exciting because in in the, we um, more than doubled our attendance in that one year, uh, just the the great interest to come see David and he worked so well with our students and it was so fun and it really gave us a new mold to work with going forward as we invited Gladys Knight, Kristen Chenoweth, Peter Hollins, um, last year uh, Colby Calais and then this year Ben Rector and Hillary Weeks. I mean mm-hmm. it's it's an amazing lineup of people that that uh, come here and do something just different and fun and and then really fulfill what BYU is all about, the inspiring learning, getting those students these real-world experiences to send them forth to serve later on. And is, so is it just one night of all of this dunk team uh, ramad slam a jamma with a musical act, or is it kind of spread over the course of the week? Spectacular is two nights. It's the okay. same show both nights, Thursday and Friday night. Um, and uh, and we had this year over uh, nearly sixteen thousand people enjoy that show, and uh, and they everyone just comes community far away to come and see this. Uh, there are it, it really takes up all of the performing arts uh, time and talent, and so that's the only the only show Thursday and Friday. Okay, and hey, so it's over now. Does that mean uh, the clock's ticking on next year? Absolutely. And you know what? There's no rest around here because before we're even cleaning up uh, this year's stage today, we're thinking about who's going to be the headliner next year and and how will they work with the students and which groups would work best with uh, that headliner. So that that's already going on. Uh, you know, we've got a top secret list on a whiteboard where mm. we're all thinking about it. And uh, and then and then the, the, here's the crazy part. We have to go out to somebody who's used to just dropping into a city, playing a couple songs and flying out. And we have to call them and say, hey, will you come sing some of your songs? But in the way we want you to sing them with our students. <laughs> <laughs> and so so there's a lot of things to think about as we as we start uh, thinking about next year, which uh, is well underway just uh, one day after our, our uh, final performance. That's fantastic. We'll take a break at some point for me, all right? <laughs> we'll try. Okay. Homecoming Outside the Spectacular really does gather um, all of the good BYU traditions and, and then it enhances them, right? So kids hike the why all the time. But for homecoming, we light it up. For someone who has never been to Provo, because we got BYU fans all over the country, all over the you world, um, what's it mean to light the Y? Literally and then, I guess, figuratively, too, if you would like. Yeah. <laughs> you know, li- hiking and lighting the Y is one of BYU's oldest traditions. And believe it or not, back before apparently they had any laws, they <laughs> hauled up mattress stuffing soaked in uh, oil and other fuels. And literally lit the Y, right? Oh, like, and that's how they lit it. Uh, now we actually just use lanterns, uh, small flashlights. Um, but it, what, what's so fun about it is, yeah, you can hike the Y whenever you want. And there's beautiful fall days right now to do that. Uh, but on this, you know, last Tuesday, we had 1,500 students, alumni. We had President Worthen, Vice President Matt Richardson, their wives, their families, 
they all hike up together. As they get up on the Y, they actually fill in the Y, and their lights and their bodies are, are so bright and block the other lights, so that's actually the first thing you see. And then as they come down the mountain, you see a full trail of light as well. Wow. And then the Y stays lit for the rest of the week. So every, every night, including tonight uh, at the football game, if you're lucky enough to go, you'll be able to see the, uh, the Y lit on the side of the mountain. It stays lit now safely with LED lights <laughs> in the ground. Uh, no, no fires on the side of the mountain. But, That's uh, good. But one of BYU's oldest and I think one of the best traditions we have. That's and and it really does. I mean, the mountains already. People in the college football community always comment on how beautiful a venue BYU and Lavelle Edwards Stadium is. Tonight, it it shines a little bit brighter. Shines a little brighter. It's got the fall colors going on. It has the Y lit up. There's not a better place to be. What's Cosmo the Cougar's role in all of these festivities? Well, Cosmo, he always plays a big part, but this year we actually honored Cosmo. Uh, we always honor a founder. Now, Cosmo isn't necessarily a founder <laughs> since he's a mascot, so we're honoring him and his role in helping the university grow uh, just from cheering on as a fan to literally how he, uh, he wins all sorts of awards, the most athletic mascot, goes viral all mm-hmm. the time. And that's not a new thing. Cosmo's been doing that for decades and uh, so we're honoring him. Uh, we had at our opening ceremony devotional assembly that we had on Tuesday, all of our former Cosmos uh, were here, well, many of them, I should say. Hey, that's cool. Out of the cost, out of the costume and everything? <laughs> out of the costume, yeah, because they're not Cosmo anymore. So they're, they're allowed to be our, our oldest living Cosmo was there. Um, the wife of the very first Cosmo was there. He's since passed. And a oh. uh, real special moment to get to honor them. Uh, we had a luncheon afterwards to honor him. And uh, and so we've had a lot of fun. It was also his birthday that Tuesday, or uh, just a couple days ago. It was his it was his actual birthday, as documented by the uh, Daily Universe at the time. And uh, so real fun week. And of course, then Cosmo, you'll find him all over campus. He was in spectacular uh, the last two nights, uh, mm-hmm. dancing with the Cougarettes, of course. And uh, and so he's had a real fun week, and he'll uh, top that off uh, cheering on the Cougars tonight too. I saw him with the mayor of Provo, also something special for this year, where they renamed one of the streets down here. That's right. So it was uh, also this week, uh, which we don't usually have homecoming this week because it's fall break in Utah County for all of the uh, uh, K through 12. Mm -hmm. But uh, this fall break was actually BYU's birthday as well. And on BYU's birthday, the old Bulldog Boulevard was retired as Provo High moved closer to Utah Lake, and that was named for their mascot. And the city of Provo and Mayor Kafusi honored BYU by choosing to rename Bulldog Boulevard Cougar Boulevard, and Cosmo assisted in that renaming and unveiling. It was a lot of fun. As you are part of the planning of homecoming and everything, how do you balance the between the alumni and the students? Because honestly, so I was a student not so long ago, and I don't remember knowing when homecoming was until the parade would march by my window and wake me up in the morning. But like, so, I mean, everything you've said has sounded like it's joining the two, but how much is that part of the planning process for everyone? Yeah, for sure. The, the the idea of homecoming is welcoming our alumni back, and I'm the director of alumni. We were thinking of alumni, but these last couple of years, we've really uh, been listening to our BYUSA representatives, the students on BYUSA, to understand how do we get students more involved. And a couple of things that we just implemented this year, they uh, they have a homecoming hunt. It's a scavenger Ooh. hunt app that the students could download and they get points for doing these traditions. So hiking and lighting the Y uh, earn them some points. Taking pictures with Brigham Young, the statue, and other prominent places on campus yep. get you points. And participating in more of the homecoming, uh, hundreds, thousands of students have been on there. I heard one student within the first day who already had 17,000 points. And I don't know how the points go. It sounds like <laughs> a lot to me. Yeah. Um, they were already cruising on that uh, just to get students involved in these traditions early on. Uh, to really help them, help everyone understand the legacy that they're carrying on as current students. And then uh, some of the traditional homecoming dances have transformed this year into a big uh, the birthday bash that happened last night at the Wilkinson Center. And, uh, and, and again, like I said earlier this week, was BYU's 
official birthday, and so they celebrated it Friday night, filling up the Wilkinson Center with students, every room, every floor, activities going on, food, bowling, uh, the all, all <laughs> they just filled the whole place up uh, celebrating BYU. And there was a dance there, too, in the ballroom floors. There was a dance as well. Um, but really trying, to, learning from the students, saying, you're an important part of this because you're the future alumni and you're, you're taking this message out to the world uh, in the coming years. And so get involved now and understand the great legacy and tradition uh, just by enjoying the fun, too. Man, this all sounds so fun. It's a shame the week is now coming to a close. But these are, <laughs> these are the kind of things that roll on that, that they're going to bring back next year, right? Like the, some of these traditions. and Absolutely. I mean, uh, next year uh, we will we'll be – enjoying all of these things at least as much, if not more, uh, to because it's important that we do it every year. It's important mm-hmm. that we remember these traditions because they are fun, but rooted in the bottom of all of this, uh, like, I, like I started out, is this idea that alumni come back to campus, they connect with students, they connect with the spirit of the why. We remember why BYU is a special place when we're either here all the time and so we can forget that or we've been gone a long time so it's a distant memory um, where it's not always top of mind but if we can take a moment a week every year celebrate that goodness come together and then have that feeling again it energizes us to uh, both remember and look forward to the great things BYU stands for and how we get to be a part of that an example Thursday and Friday, we have some honorees that come to campus. We just had Ye Samake, ambassador from Mali, that was honored as a BYU alum that has gone forth to serve and been a great example. Talk to us about his upbringing in Mali, in poverty, miraculously coming to BYU at changing his life and changing the course of all of Mali as he has served as mayor, as an ambassador, has run for president, and is this huge influence, all because he had this opportunity to come and be at this campus and uh, and that story while unique uh, to molly for yay is actually played over and over again and and homecoming gives us an opportunity to remember those great stories and and what we're a part of man that's that's really beautiful my next question was going to be what's the spirit of the why mean to you and and you've really hit it that idea of going forth once you've left like today's students will be tomorrow's alumni and and coming back and remembering what BYU has done for all of us really here at BYU we have the unique opportunity of blending faith and intellect and when we do that the product is obvious by anyone who visits campus who sees something like spectacular and feels that goodness and and then can leave and and spread that elsewhere. And that's the spirit of the why. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's what happens here at BYU when we uh, combine all of those best elements of truth and, uh, and, and create a, a full person that can go out and do that good. Do you have a favorite homecoming or just a BYU memory from either working here or when you were a student before you were an alumni? Um, sure. Well, I mean, Obviously, and not unique to me at all, my number one memory has to be uh, the redhead who helped me move in my first day (laughs) of uh, winter semester. I was the new kid coming in in the middle of the year, and this girl decided to help me move in, and and, uh, and then somehow I dated and married the first girl I met at BYU. There you have it. Has has worked out very well, (laughs) so that's got to be a top memory. Football, I love cheering on our football team. Um, I've been to probably too many games it's probably embarrassing for me to even try to count them up and uh, so I love supporting our, our BYU football team uh, I loved uh, Taysom Hill leading us against Toledo at homecoming a couple years ago Absolutely. or Mississippi State Mississippi State uh, I think that game went into double overtime and we were just throwing up points like crazy and the, and the Mississippi State fans were uh, were a ton of fun to sit by um, but uh, last year David Archuleta did a cover of an Elton John song, actually. And uh, there was a standing ovation, and it was like one of the greatest moments in Spectacular Ever, where uh, both nights, like 10,000 people each night on their feet because he just nailed this song. That was a lot of fun as well. So homecoming over and over again is amazing, and it's hard to pick out. Uh, and I, I shouldn't, I mean, and then there's these more serious things where we have our awardees 
uh, coming from all over the world that come back and tell their story and, and uh, story after story just couldn't be more amazing. I mean, really from Tuesday through Saturday, this place is buzzing with the spirit of the Y and amazing events that it's hard to pick just one. And that's, you don't have to. That was perfect. <laughs> My last question always to folks when I talk to them here on the Cougar Tailgate is, how do you think tonight's game is going to go? Give me a good prediction. Well, we both are going to march out there with some backup quarterbacks, so it's a yeah. pretty unpredictable game. And that's that's the story of the season for BYU, right, is that we have been unpredictable. We've won some games that we shouldn't have, and we've lost some games that we shouldn't have. Um, because I'm a, an eternal optimist, I've got a good feeling going in the game. I think Kalani is uh, – he's – both excited and upset. He wants to show what this team can do, mm-hmm. even if it is with some of the, the, the backup players. So I, it's going to be a little cold. It's going to be a little rainy. We've both got backups, but we are at home. We have the best fans in the world. That's right. It's homecoming week. The wise lit on the mountain. I think we're going to come out. We're going to surprise a lot of people. And we're not just going to squeak one by, but our players, we're going to want to show what they're made of here at home in front of the homecoming crowd. We're going to come out with a win, two scores or more. That's what I love to hear. Robert Sullivan (laughs) works for the BYU Alumni Office. He's the Director of Relations and Communications. Thank you so much for visiting us here on the Cougar Tailgate. Thanks for having me. Go Cougars. Did you know kicker Kyle Brotsman is the Boise State career points leader? He also is in the NCAA record book with the most points by a kicker all time. Snap Tanner on a three-step. Boise gets in. He's got room to the right. Tucks. Throws anyway. In the end zone it is. Caught! It's caught for a touchdown! Mitchell Jurgens leaning back and hauling it in. Somehow he caught it. 45 seconds to go. And the Cougars lead 27-24 with the PAT pending. The kid is hot tonight. BYU has struggled against Boise State over the years. But after a few rough losses these past weeks... I wanted to end today's show on a positive note. 2015 began with a miracle at Memorial when Tanner Mangum threw to Mitch Matthews. Say that three times fast. Mangum was in that game because of an injury to the starting quarterback, a fellow by the name of Taysom Hill. You've heard of him. Mangum returned to the country after a mission trip in Chile in June, was thrust into the starting job for the rest of the year in September, Turned 22, still while technically a true freshman, three days later. And four days after that, he got his first career start. At home, against Boise State. With 45 seconds left, he heaved another prayer into the end zone. And BYU came out victorious to start that season 2-0. BYU has had some injuries this year, but their games have been competitive. Even with a backup quarterback today... I'm saying there's a chance. The last time BYU beat Boise State is a Cougar sports memory I will always have. And we want to hear about your fan experiences and memories on the show as well. Email us at cougartailgate at gmail.com and share the podcast with a BYU fan in your life. We are off again next week as the team enjoys a bye week, but we will be back for the rivalry on November 2nd against Utah State. This has been a production of BYU Radio. My name's Cole Wissinger, and enjoy homecoming, folks. Go Kooks!